What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, turn on notifications. Let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any follow-up questions you have or suggestions for topics or guests, we're always checking comments on YouTube. Love to be able to see your guys' feedback and then be able to incorporate them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Amsoil and talking with them about a semi-synthetic oil that they have and going through the differences between conventional semi-synthetic and then full synthetic and which um, you know, what are the pros and cons of each, which one should you choose for your truck. So it's going to be a great conversation to chat with them and learn more. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code for you just for Diesel Podcast listeners. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money on some really cool gear. They've got a bunch of new releases that they've had this year, which we did an episode with them in January. Um, if you're really into knives or in the market for one, definitely make sure and head on back to that episode in January and check it out. But their Duralock models are, are really cool. I've got my hands on some of them, and they use D2 uh, steel for the blade, and there's a bunch of different textures. Um, so depending you know, what kind of uh, grip texture you like, they've got a ton of choices. The price point's amazing. Um, head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com if you're in the market for something for EDC or hunting, fishing, something around the job site, around the house. They've definitely got you covered. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Mark from Amsoil talking about conventional semi-synthetics, full synthetics, the differences between them, pros and cons, and which one you should choose for your truck. Mark, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I enjoy chatting with you about Amsoil products and all the cool things that are going on and then asking you listener questions that we get so when i think of you know oil coolant tons of different things we've chatted about most of those questions come from the audience so i'm sure i'll have some more for you today <laughs> yeah, that's awesome thanks a lot patrick for being here we were uh chatting about um oil and a uh, a new product that you guys have and i thought maybe we could step back to start and talk about the different classes of it like conventional and semi-synthetic and synthetic and ask you for what how would you explain it to somebody who is interested in this topic but doesn't you know a lot they're wanting to absorb some information what is the difference between all three so let's start with conventionals uh it's still you know from a diesel perspective um it still dominates 80 percent of the marketplace uh, that's because grandpappy still that's what they told all their kids to use and their kids told their grandkids to use it i mean <clears throat> and it's relatively inexpensive still um, but it, the conventional oils, you know, although specifications have improved over the years, still provides about the lowest level of performance that you can get from engine oils. Um, you know, you can get them API licensed, so at least you'll have some idea that it, it meets some standards that the engine manufacturers are looking forward. Um, but it, it, it's going to provide your lowest level of performance in engine oils. Then you, you can take a step up into the synthetic blend, the, the semi-synthetic, the parasynthetic world. That's um, something that, you know, I'd like to say um, was designed by formulators and chemists, but I, I feel like it's more designed by marketers of engine oil products because when you get into that blend world, there's not a lot of guidance that tells you what it has to be. So you physically could have a blend that you market that could be 99% uh, conventional, 1% synthetic, or it could be 1% conventional, 99% synthetic. Now you'd be a fool to market it as a blend if it's 99% synthetic, but 
my point is, is there's no guidance when you get into the blend, synthetic blend world. Now, I will tell you that um, there are uh, chemistry companies out there that sell additive packages for formulations that say that blends are, in order to be API licensed, are 15% or less. So the majority of your blends that are out there are somewhere between probably one and 15, if they have the API donut on the bottle. Now you'd say, well, what does 5% synthetic content do to 95% conventional base oil? Um, very little actually, um, but they're doing it to demonstrate improvements in pour point and cold crank viscosity. So that some synthetic content can improve those you know, cold weather type attributes that you may be looking for. Do they do the same job as a full synthetic? Not even close. Um, but they do a little bit better job than a conventional. So there's something to market there. And it's an improvement over conventionals and a step to get you closer to using full synthetic. That's, that's likely what most marketers are trying to get people to do. Buy something that has a little bit more than a conventional uh, it's a little bit more price than a conventional, but not near the performance nor the price of a full synthetic. Gotcha. So it's it's kind of, um, I don't know, um, depends on who markets it and what formula they have uh, will depend on the performance that they provide for you. Um, then you step up into, you know, full synthetic land, and then you get all of the benefits of synthetic base oil. You know, uh, longer longer oil life, better oxidation resistance, um, better cold temperature properties, better viscosity control, lower um, oil consumption, um, and the list kind of continues, right? Um, but there's there's price points at each phase. Conventional has a price point. The blends have a a price point a little bit over conventionals because it's a little bit better. And then you step up into the the synthetic world, and that has a higher price point yet. When Amsoil was looking at this new product, what were some focuses with, um, I think, the chemistry, the benefits, the, the things that a truck owner would look at and say, I need this in, in, in my engine. This, this is what I'm looking for. How did you guys approach it? Right. So I mean, maybe we should uh, un unleash the fury to the public to say that we actually came out with a blend. We, we stepped into this realm um, and ours is, um, it's a 1540 still, but it has a real high content of synthetic base oil, uh, much more than 15%. In fact, uh, we market it as more than 50%. Um, and we did this for um, a couple reasons. One, um, we, we're a synthetic company. Uh, that's where our roots come from. Um, we deviate from that uh, very rarely. Uh, we do not play in the conventional um, lubricant realm all that frequently. Um, so we wanted to make sure that our, our blend uh, spoke to the roots of the company. It's going to be real high performance. Um, it's going to be better than your other blends that you're going to see in the marketplace. Um, and we do that because we want the customer to get something for what what they're paying for. Now it's it's lower cost than a full synthetic. And that's 
That's the reason we got into this blend market. We, we don't feel that we can compete with the conventionals uh, that are out there. Um, it just doesn't speak to our brand so much. Um, but we can provide some performance in the blend market and really dial that into what consumers uh, um, would want to pay for uh, if they're looking for a blend. So we went after it from, uh, we're going to give you great performance in the blend market, but we're, we're going to try to compete with um, and be more, uh, maybe more price conscious for those that don't want to buy a full synthetic. Um, and we're going to compete price point in the other blends that are in the marketplace, but we still can't quite compete yet with conventionals. But we're hoping that people will come to the higher performance side of life, get into the blend market with our product, um, see those benefits, and then maybe that's as far as they go, or maybe that's the stepping stone even for them to get them into the full synthetic market. That's a really good approach to it. Is I was, when you were mentioning that, I thought back to my personal experience with Amsel, and this was way before the podcast. This was a long time ago, and it was a truck that I had built for like as a street truck, something to have fun with. And there was um, somebody in the racing world that, you know, I looked up to had the same truck. And I said, what would you credit towards keeping your motor together? Cause it was making good power stock rods, everything else. And he said, I really think part of it is the oil and I run Amsoil. So I took word, uh, you know, word of mouth referral. And I said, you know, I'm going to use it too. And it's sort of opened the gateway to, well, what else can I use this for? Like, I want to protect the transmission, the differentials, the, you know, the coolant, all these other things. And I find that's part of the journey of being an enthusiast is I was the same way. I would go, I had a Cummins, so I would go get, you know, the, the oil at Mopar and, you know, change it myself. And then I wanted more. And I started to go down this journey of, well, I'm running a different turbo and different injectors and a built transmission. Can I get better fluids? So I see that as a, a really cool gateway to be able to step into that world of you want to protect your investment and oil is such a key part of it. I, I know we've mentioned on the podcast before, it's one of the really kind of hot button topics of, you know, which brand, what weight, what's the interval that I can change it at. And it's really cool to, to learn about it. It's, it's the critical piece of, of your investment really. And I'm not just saying that because I work for Amazon, it's, it's that engine doesn't run without lubrication. And like you said, you, you want to uh, invest in a product that protects your investment. Now, whether that's your modified truck, which you have sunk a lot of money into, or whether it's a brand new truck off the lot, which they're selling for $100,000, that's crazy. Um, you want to protect the investment that you have, that you're driving around in. And the oil, the lubricants, transmission, gif- differential, uh, engine, coolants, well, you name it. They all do that. And, you know, let's be fair, the OEMs are, they're not, um, from a lubricant's perspective, they're looking out for their best interest under the warranty period. After the warranty period's over, they really don't care. Um, Now, we look out for you and whether your vehicle is in warranty or out of warranty. Um, And we want your equipment to last as as long as possible. And in order to do that, you know, providing the best chemistry you can put into each one of those holes helps guarantee that you will, you know, see as long a life out of that as possible. That's one of the really key things I think we've touched on before on the podcast and I've taken away as something to remember is 
you know, the OEM trucks, they're, they're designed for a, a purpose, a use, a power number, a, a towing weight, a payload weight. And a lot of the capabilities, well, the desires that the truck owner has for capabilities can exceed that, whether it's longevity, <clears throat> they want to keep it for a while. And the OEM components may not be designed for that, like you mentioned with the warranty period and <clears throat> things like that. So I think that's where a product like this and other ones that, that we've covered before, and I'm sure we'll talk about today, really step into that to fill that role that somebody says, I love this truck. I want to keep it way past the three year, 36,000 mile or five year, 100,000 mile warranty period. And I want this to last for 10 to 15 to 20 years. And there's so much capability in, you know, today we're chatting about oil, you know, that, that, that you can get. I think one of the natural questions that comes up with that is, okay, now what kind of filter do I need to use with this, with this product? So from the filtration standpoint, would somebody just, you know, use a regular OEM filter with the semi-synthetic or, or what's the, um, what's the opinion or, or, or the approach you guys take? Yeah. When we, when we launched this product, we, we pushed it uh, towards OEM service intervals, you know, so that uh, it could completely replace uh, either the blend that they're using today, uh, the conventional that they're using today, and it doesn't change their maintenance behaviors or habits. Okay. Um, will it provide um, additional life beyond the OEM uh, service mill? There's no question. We have data that su that substantiates that. But um, uh, we're, we we put the OEM interval in there just to make it simple for the consumer. Um, if the consumer wants to to do something longer than that by choice, they can use oil analysis to do so. If the consumer does it by accident, as in, oh man, I forgot that maintenance interval. Um, I just got busy. I have a, I'm on a job. I just can't do it. Or, you know, this stuff happens all the time. We build in reserve protection for the people that either make mistakes um, or intentionally skip that interval because they need another, you know, 3,000, 5,000 miles of service out of it until they can get back to their shop or whatever else it is, right? Um, but with respect to your filtration question, you know, because that product was built for OE service intervals, we would pair it with, you know, an OE service interval capable filter. Um, we obviously sell AMSOIL filters that are, that are capable of much longer than OEM service intervals. And those filters provide additional benefits over just longevity. They provide uh, filtration efficiency and that's removing uh, very small particles at a very high efficient rate. So that's the ultimate performance for your engine is, um, hey, it, it's capable, so service life capable, and it provides really great filtration. Um, when you step down in terms of a filter's performance, um, you're going to sacrifice efficiency, um, and you're going to sacrifice capacity, which is, the service life of the filter. Um, now, if you're just changing at OEM service intervals, well, you don't need a filter that has long capacity. Um, it's a waste for you. Um, but you do, you do step back in the efficiency, which means that uh, a lower price point, lower uh, OEM service life capable filter is not going to remove the same uh, particle sizes as efficient as a higher end filter would. And if you think about 
you know, byproducts of combustion, uh, contaminants sucked in through your air filter, uh, potential wear metals from your engine. All of those are detrimental to your engine. The filter is there to, to try to remove those so that they don't cause, you know, abrasive wear um, in the engine, further causing damage. So, yes, we we will pair an OEM filter, say from, you know, Wix or Donaldson or, or somebody, right? Decent filter yet, but just built for OEM service intervals. Um, we would recommend that just from a price point. Uh, makes sense for the customer. But if they wanted to have a better uh, filtration option, Amsoil has its own product line of filters that you could use even at the OEM interval. It's a really, it's a great topic that I wanted to ask you about, which it might separate a bit from the oil that we're chatting about today and get into some of the other ones that Amsoil has. But um, a topic that I'd say is really generates people's interest is the extended service intervals of their oil. What are some things if they do want to go to 15, 20, 25,000 or more that they need to do to be able to do that both with the selection of the oil, also with the filter, maybe some other things that they need to do to safely extend those service intervals? Right. There's, there's definitely a, a safe way um, to do it. And there's a reactive way to do it. Um, I would hope that people would choose the safe way because the reactive way typically ends up costing you money. Um, so let's say you're currently changing your oil at 10,000 miles, you know, for example, and you want to um, simply go to a maybe one oil change a year interval. And you estimate that you put on 15 or 20,000 miles in that year. Well, there's a few ways you can do it. Um, you can either buy an oil um, at a higher price point that has much more performance, that's capable of your 20,000 miles or one year, and never worry about it. That's what's warranted from um, who you bought it from. Um, Amsoil has those products. Um, or you can use your current product. Let's say it's a conventional. It's only warranted to the OEM interval. You can use oil analysis to help um, document your oil, oil's performance and the health of your engine beyond that OEM interval, which requires you then that, you know, at that OEM interval, say 10,000 miles, you take the oil sample, uh, you send it in and have a lab analyze it. And then you have to, you know, be able to read the results of that report and then uh, make determinations on the life of the oil and how your engine's doing. And that's the, that's the hard part, right? Is um, I, I've looked at oil analysis for the better part of a decade and, and, and I'm good at that, but it takes time to be able to know what you're looking at, how to read individual values and how they uh, correlate to other values, which, which tests that are particularly important to look, for, look at, which ones are less important to look at. Um, so reading an oil analysis report is, is, is not like going to the store and picking up a gallon of milk. It's not that simple. Um, but it is a tool that you can use. Um, and there's some guidance out there online that um, people have tried to distill a report and provide you some insight. 
Um, Anzil, certainly, you could pick up the call and talk to our technical service representatives, and they would be happy to go through your oil analysis report and give you some guidance. Uh, you could certainly send that report to me, and I would give you guidance, no question. Um, but you have to learn how to use that report to then tell you that the oil that you're that is currently designed for OEM service intervals is capable of something longer. And if you're going to try to go from 10 to 20, you, my recommendation is you're probably going to take a sample at 10, uh, and then you're probably going to take a sample at 15, and then you probably change it at 20 and take a final sample to tell you what it looked like. That's your first go at it. And then what you learn from those three samples, you can trend. And then you can say, well, let's say the oil looked good to 15, you know, or maybe beyond 15. Let's say it was, it was good at 15, but at 20, it was marginal. Well, you're going to say, well, let's, let's run the oil up to 15 again at the next one. Then we're going to take a sample at 17 and a half and change it and look at that value. And then maybe that determines that your service life on this truck is 17 and a half thousand. But that's not a forever thing. That's the thing. Um, if you do that, you know, as you, your truck accumulates miles, you know, uh, are you doing things to make sure that your injectors are staying clean, your combustion chambers are staying clean so that the deposits, you know, don't form and you don't get byproducts of combustion that, you know, increase over time. Like there's a lot of things that make this complicated, but, um, you know, you're going to want to take a sample every, maybe every other oil change to make sure that when you settled on 1750, that that continues to happen. And that the oil is still capable of protecting your engine at 1750 uh, as the engine, you know, grows in age, grows in miles, et cetera, et cetera. How does the oil filter itself factor into those extended intervals? Is there, are there different types that are designed for that versus taking an OEM filter and trying to extend it to 20,000 or uh, 25 or 15? Right. So, your OEM filters are truly designed for OEM intervals. Um, do they have reserve capacity beyond the OEM interval? Sure. Uh, it could depend a little bit on the vehicle and how it's running. Um, the vehicles that have, uh, the, on the gasoline side, the vehicles that have um, cylinder deactivation, you know, your GMs and RAMs, yeah. oh, a filter will struggle to get to an OEM interval. Um, so those there's situations in which the, you know you could have some issues with OEM filters even within the OEM service interval, but the OEM filter is not designed for real long life. It's just it's not its intention. It was never designed for that, and its price point is commensurate for that. So if you're going to go beyond the OEM interval, um, they're going to recommend you change your filter at the OEM interval, put a new filter on, and then go beyond that with your oil, take some samples, et cetera, et cetera, right? In which you know you're probably shaking your head saying, "Well, why would I, why would I go underneath the truck, change a filter, and not change the oil at the same time?" And I can't dispute that logic. I mean, that's that's why a lot of people, you know, typically don't do oil analysis on conventional oils and using OEM designed filters for long service life. It it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. You know, you got to change a filter at the OEM, but my oil may be capable of longer. I think that it's probably a better solution. And it's the, the better solution is, well, why don't I just go to a, 
uh, an oil that's more capable without the oil analysis and a filter that's more capable without having to change it at the OEM service interval. So what, what you'll find is that people will get frustrated with that earlier method and they will just move up to synthetics with a higher capacity, higher capable oil filter and change it at the synthetics warrantable filter or uh, for warrantable oil change life. So. Gotcha. So if somebody was going to do this to, to make sure that um, I understand is you would pick, I'd say that oil analysis is key in this process and establishing a record of it based on how you drive the truck, how, how many miles, what year it is, how much idle time you have, all these other factors. Um, if you're running fuel additives, tons of different things into it and then selecting an oil and a filter that works with it and just establishing almost that baseline for your particular truck and going through that process versus um, maybe jumping into it a little too quick or taking somebody else's recipe and applying it towards your truck, which may have a different driving style, different conditions, a whole bunch of other factors. Right. It's actually, uh, it, you know, aside from those people that can afford to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a brand new everybody's a pickup um, people are buying some sort of used truck, right? It's got, questionable miles on it, how, questionable maintenance, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, doing an oil sample is uh, a great recommendation because again, you may not care so much about the oil itself, uh, but what you care about is what the engine looks like or transmission for that matter, you know, and, and the oil analysis will give you an indication of what that engine looks like, you know, what's the health of that engine? the or a transmission sample what's the health of that transmission you know and then you can without knowing the maintenance history of this vehicle you'll be able to say yeah there's no contaminants my my air filtration system looks good i have very little wear metals hey this engine is doing well hey uh um, i'm not seeing a lot of soot in my engine oil hey the rings in the liner must be in pretty good health because i'm not getting a lot of blow by um so an oil analysis is one of those things that it's actually a really good tool that you can use to, to give you an idea of what, what's the, what's the health of this truck? You know, maybe you do it on an annual basis, just, you know, to give yourself a pat on the back and say, Hey, I'm doing a good job protecting my truck. You know, what are some things that you would tell somebody to really pay attention to if they do an oil analysis, as far as, Hey, there could be a problem developing. What are, you know, a handful or, or things that you look for when somebody sends you one? So uh, you're going to get a report and um, it's going to have a bunch of colors on it. And that's typically what gets people excited. You know, on the top of the oil analysis report, it's, it's green, yellow, orange, or red. And, and those colors can be a little bit misleading if you don't know what's underneath all those colors. And that's why I was saying that a report's not as easy as going and picking up a gallon of milk at a gas station. Like you got to know what you're looking at and the things that are important are, you know, you're looking at what's your viscosity of your engine oil. You know, viscosity can be altered by fuel dilution. It can be altered by shear of your engine. It can be altered by uh, high temperature oper operation and oxidation. So there are things that you want to look at with respect to viscosity. But as soon as you look at that first number, you're going to say, all right, that's either within a 40 weight range 
or it's something else. And then you're going to start looking as to why it might be different. You know, if it's low, well, I'm going to look next door to say, hey, do I have a bunch of fuel dilution in this? Do I have water in this? Um, if it's high, you're going to say, well, what is my oxidation value? Is it because of that? Um, so viscosity is a first place you're going to look. And then you're going to start looking at, well, do I have contaminants? You know, do I see, do I see dirt in this? in this oil? Do I see coolant in this oil? Um, Cause that will drive either maintenance direction on, Hey, you need to address your air filter or just your intake. Or if you got coolant in your system, well, you got some bigger problems. Um, so you, you might be turning some wrenches over the weekend, but, uh, and then you're going to start looking at, well, how does, how do I, my wear metals look at, you know, it's going to give you re uh, values of iron and chromium and aluminum and copper and you know all these metallics that you find in the system you know and you're going to say well you know the report will tell you based on your engine type um and a and a database of data whether you fall within normal ranges of that engine type um, but you can you can see whether your wear rates are higher than you know others uh in, in the lower 48 you know when you see those wear items that are higher or those those categories what this is this is kind of a loaded question because i'm and i'm not sure there's a direct answer for it but if you see them higher is there a way to slow that is there a way to i don't want to say eliminate it because i'm sure there's so many variables as to how far it's gone but i'm thinking of somebody who just did you know they bought this used truck they do an oil analysis they see some of these things, maybe they're questionable and they think, okay, well, do I need to you know, go visit an engine builder now? Or can I run a higher quality oil with better filtration and maybe slow this or stop some of the common type wear that, uh, that an engine will see? Right. That is a hugely loaded question um, <laughs> because all engines um, will wear at a little bit different rate. And it can be because the uh, the clearances that were originally built in the engine, it can be um, what oil had been used over the life of the engine. It can be how the person is using the engine. You know, there's a difference between, you know, me just running around in an empty truck, uh, using it as a grocery getter versus me pulling 30,000 pounds all the time. And wear rates will be different. Um, so how do you quote unquote stop or slow wear rates well there, there's really two methods you use the best oil possible and you use the best filtration system possible and and that may actually mean that the full flow filter on the engine isn't enough it actually means that you install what we call a bypass filter that will filter the oil down to much finer particles and remove them which can cause abrasive wear. So if you if you pair if you set up your engine with the best oil possible and the best filtration possible, you, you're providing that engine the best chance of the lowest wear rates. Now, again, you know depending on how you're using it, depending on um, uh, the the engine and and how it was built you know one engine off the line and the engine following it off the line are not the same even though they're the same truck uh, they're not built the same everything's got tolerances and parts and they all wear a little bit differently um, but you can 
you can slow the wear rates to engines by using the best products possible. I don't know that you can eliminate that stuff, right? There's, there's always going to be conditions in which, you know, uh, you can shock load an engine and you'll get an intermittent period in which, you know, something happens, you know, and you'll get some wear metals that come in a solution. All engines will wear every rotation that they go round and round. It's just your job and the products you choose uh, to put in that engine are, are, ultimately important to try to reduce that where as much as possible makes a lot of sense and i think for for those truck owners that are using their trucks really hard uh, maybe even more so than an oem designed the truck to be used for there's a lot of people like that use them for work and hot shotting and tons of different things like that where something like this could really benefit them long term you know, when I think of engine wear, I, I, I always thought of it different. I always thought of, well, I'm pushing power, I'm going to break a hard part, and then I'm doing an engine build. I didn't think of constant wear just being, the, you know, the nature of the beast and things I could do beforehand to maybe affect how, you know, lower, lower the wear that I have in paying attention to it. So I think it's a really good, really good insight that you had mentioned not just for the wear but then also the oil itself and oil analysis and and how this all you know kind of factors into it but it, it kind of goes back to that trend i mentioned at the beginning of one if you buy a new truck they're very expensive and how can i make it last how can i do what i can to not have to buy one so soon or it's that older truck where maybe it is a dream truck maybe somebody always wanted an 0659 or an lbz duramax or they always wanted that 7.3 power stroke and they get it and you have to start fresh and really see you know, what, what is the engine's telling you with the oil analysis and then what products and filtration or even a bypass filter factors into extending the life and giving you the best performance. So that's, uh, that's a lot to think about and uh, something, I'll that's probably, <laughs> that's something, something I'll probably do on my next truck is, is do something like that. <laughs> it makes me, it makes me think that I should go take some oil samples out of my vehicles right now. I feel, I feel like I've neglected them. And if you oh, haven't lately, you shame, shame on you. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done, I can't say I've ever done an oil analysis. Um, oh, and it's something I should probably do. The yeah. vehicle's crying at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was, uh, it was awesome to chat with you, Mark. I always enjoy the conversations because there's so much technical information and the way that you talk about it, I can understand it and process it and say, okay, I've, I've got, uh, I've got some good takeaways to be able to approach engine oil or, you know, last time uh, we've talked about coolant and transmission fluid. So it was uh, great to catch up with you. I appreciate you explaining those things, telling us about a, a new product that we can use if we're, you know, want something better or, or more capable than an OEM type of fluid. And uh, really kind of the growth of truck ownership, which is something recently I've been really focusing on is how we start in the process of we just get this truck and then five years from now, what are we doing with it? 10 years from now, what are we doing with it? And the process we go through as truck enthusiasts. So it was uh, fantastic to chat with you. That's good. A lot of fun. Thanks.
Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. It's an exclusive code just for diesel podcast listeners. We appreciate Kershaw offering that to you guys. So if you're in the market to get a new EDC knife or something for hunting, fishing, um, something to use at the job site or around the house, they've definitely got you covered. They've got a bunch of new models for 2023. They're... um, their Duralock models, which are, are brand new, are really cool. I've got a couple of them myself, and they use D2 blade steel, blade steel. And then there's a bunch of different grip textures. So, you know, really, no matter what you like as far as, um, you know, type of feel, you know, in the hand, they've got a bunch of choices. So if you're in the market, head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel. You can save 20% off site-wide on the Duralock models or anything else that they offer. I also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23diesel. Um, John, J. Cole, we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters, all of you who are on, uh, you know, subscribers on YouTube and podcast app, Spotify, joined our Discord, um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast, and we love to hear you guys' suggestion for shows, you know, guests, topics, things like that. So if you have one, make sure and reach out to us, let us know. We'd love to be able to get your suggestion onto a future podcast. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.